welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. And why am I calling it that? Because that's my name. And a good listening to, after all, is what coaching is all about. So a GLT with me, CG, see what I'm doing there, is my new podcast series with a strong storytelling imperative and with the simple aim of inviting my guests to a space called The Clearing, where we get to shake their tree, hear their story and amplify their brand. Who are you and what's the story that you tell? So yes, welcome to a GLT with me, CG, and we're recording. So hello and welcome to what you need is a damn good listening to with me, Chris Grimes. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the clearing, as we're going to explore in a moment, Mr. Tom Cassidy, who is head of executive coaching at Working Voices. He is one of the nicest, most decent human beings I know, a deeply thinking, considerate and contemplative coach who is an awesome human being. So Tom Cassidy, how's morale? How are you? I'm, I'm good, Chris. Thank you for the very kind introduction. You're welcome. And by the way, why it's called what you need is a damn good listening to. As you know, Tom, in discussions we've had, I've always thought of coaching as being all about giving somebody a damn good listening to. And this is your moment in the sunshine, Tom. So first of all, Tom, just imagine we are at a dinner party together and I do that really clunky thing, which is really clumsy and nobody really ever enjoys this, when someone just suddenly turns to you, a stranger, and makes you do all the work by saying, what do you do? So my invitation to you, Tom, is what's your favourite way when someone does that to you? And we've all experienced this, you know, dinner parties, networking events, you know, corporate social life. It happens. What's your favourite answer to that rather clunky question? Tom Cassidy, what do you do? Well, I normally say I'm a psychological coach and then they run a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but a probably slightly nicer way of responding is just say, well, let me tell you what I did today. Okay. And basically I do that all day, every day. Love that. And what have you done today, all day, every day, Mr. Tom? Um, today I have been coaching some one-on-one -on -one people. Uh, and I've also been running some groups on, on various communication and leadership kind of things. And, and actually I've been preparing for a session. Like there's, you know, there's a big part of what we do, which is getting ready and getting material ready. And if I may, have you been flying a helicopter today because you're also wearing a very nice headset there? I do look like I'm about to, you know, land the planes or, or advise them on, on what, what we're going <laughs> to, what the right, right run, runway is. But there you go. Excellent. Can't help it. It helps me focus. So in flying your chopper now, I want to invite you to something called the clearing, Tom. So um, oh. a clearing is the creative space that you like to go to to get clutter-free to be able to innovate and to be spontaneous. So for me, it's about being, you know, because of my comedy and theatre background, it's a bit like having an empty space, a theatre in the round, rimming and charged with potential where anything is possible. That's mine. But what I'm most interested in is for you, Tom, what's your clearing metaphorically that you go to to get clear? Um, I think my clearing is probably a garden. Uh, it's a space where there's, you know, fertile soil and good conditions, light, some heat, uh, maybe some rain, but it's, um, it's a real space for kind of peace and thought. 
Lovely. And there's this idea of um, therapeutically, I suppose, getting your hands into the soil as well. I know you've described coaching before about being, you know, getting up in somebody's grill. I know you said that quite humorously, but there's something about putting your hands into the soil or I suppose hands on the interaction mm. you're having with someone when you're coaching them, I suppose, is the parallel. Yeah, it's definitely physical in the sense of, uh, you know, you're getting physically present with someone and, you know, checking in with your own energy and their energy. And bringing your whole self in when our presence is required to be able to help. Or exactly. Lovely. It's, it's not just an intellectual thought exercise. It can be, a, you know, a very important kind of emotional thing or, or understanding what's going on physically. Absolutely. So um, the metaphor of the clearing, what's been your journey to now to bring you to the Working Voices clearing? How did you get here to become executive mm. sort of head of coaching here at Working Voices? Uh, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to be doing this job, and I know that sounds bizarre, um, but I mean, I, I, I actually chose my GCSEs based on the A-levels that I needed to get in order to be able to go on and study psychology. And so it was almost part of the plan. So it's the, the application of psychology in being able to help people communicate better, which is what got you on the open road of that, was it? Exactly. So the psychological background was massive, and then I went into business and did a load of work on actually early on looking at leadership and how leadership happens. And, um, and then after a little stint abroad in Dubai, where I was in charge of learning um, for the Middle East and Africa, I then came uh, to join Working Voices because I realized that I wanted to be doing it full time for real. And there's that lovely idea of your vibe attracts your tribe. I know that we have worked together actually for 10 years. So we have a really well-formed deep friendship and, and respect for each other's work in being able to enable and help others in, in, the, in the realm of coaching that you just described. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a real privilege to be able to get to do this, uh, like I say, day in, day out. But just to do, to do what you love is, is massive gratitude for that. And we'll come on in a moment to, you know, there's the specific sort of alchemy or goal that you like to bring. I'm using deliberately a, a number of storytelling archetypes as we go through this conversation. So back to the clearing, which we've agreed as mm. a garden for you. So thank you for inviting me to your clearing. And in the clearing, Tom, there is a tree. And I'm going to shake your tree now to see which apples fall out. How do you like them apples? And as go you remember, ahead. I've asked you just to prepare an exercise called five, four, three, two, one. You know, you've taken five minutes. Thank you for agreeing to having done that to think about four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you, two things that always really grab your attention. And then one quirky or unusual fact about you, Mr. Tom Cassidy, that we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. So my mm. invitation to you is to let's just shake this tree. Which one of those elements would you like to expound upon? Well, I think like what shaped me is, um, you know, it's easy to go parents and childhood and uh, experiences, but definitely going to boarding school. Um, but it was a unique boarding school because it wasn't the kind of elite uh, part of education. It was actually a specific boarding school that was for people who couldn't, it was means tested, so couldn't afford to go to a traditional boarding school, but then got an amazing immersive experience where I got to play as much sport and do as much theatre as I wanted really as well as being academically orientated so that and it, the, the long-lasting friendships and relationships that I built from that has massively shaped 
who I am. And I actually just found out last night that a friend of mine is having a baby and he's the first person of our group to get into that world. So I think we're definitely entering a new era. He's the first one to pop, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> and just going back there, what are the sports that have really drawn you in your passion? Well, uh, yeah, I, was, I always loved rugby and I was probably most successful at rugby. But actually, um, hockey, hockey was my favourite game and <laughs> I used to go out with a Canadian girl uh, actually while I was in Dubai and, and the, to her the concept of, of men playing field hockey was ridiculous because of course in, in Canada hockey is ice hockey and so the first question she asked me was when I said I played field hockey was she, she said did, did you wear a skirt? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, your answer had to be yes, obviously. Of course. Tom Caskey in the is a sight to be behind. Yeah, so I, I loved hockey and rugby, but played pretty much any time and everything I could. And well done for not saying, I, and I love skirts as well, but you know, each which is good. <laughs> now, anything else in the tree that you'd like to shake? So it, it, who influences you? Who, who do you most admire? Yeah, I, I, in, in my preparation, I did think about kind of mentors and people along the the journey and um you know there's been some massive characters in my life and mainly people who have given me opportunities that I wouldn't have you know naturally had and that that scope was was huge and actually people that I keep in touch with years later um that just know who I am and what I do and I often go to them and throw ideas around or get their advice and it's just lovely to have that kind of um relationship where you can go to a trusted person after many years and know you're going to get some profound insights um i'll also say i think i've been shaped massively by some of the authors i've read mm -hmm. you know I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting a couple of them in my lifetime and um one sticks out which is from one of my mentors he recommended a book by charles handy and Charles Handy, I got to meet him at a, a um, leadership conference at Ashridge Business School. And it was just amazing. They say don't meet your heroes because they're always slightly disappointing. But actually, Charles Handy was a marvel. And just remind me of the seminal book, um, me pleading ignorance at this moment, of Charles Handy, because the name's incredibly familiar. Yeah, well, it, it, back in the 80s, he wrote Understanding Organisations. And then since that, like through those times, he also wrote The Elephant and the Flea. The Empty Raincoat, um, and what else did he do? He did The New Alchemists, so all about entrepreneurship. Um, and he really predicted kind of that, that life, I'll tell you one major idea that I took from him. He predicted when a lot of people were in kind of career jobs and salary jobs, that the future is gonna be a much more portfolio-based living. And he talked about kind of four main parts of your career, which is um, having some paid work, having some free work, which you offer kind of pro bono, having study work, and then having homework. And I really took that principle on when I was 21 and have pretty much lived that way ever since because, or tried to and endeavored to, and just knowing that that blend of, um, free work, homework, study work, and paid work is far more suited to our modern lifestyle. And indeed, particularly now in the post-COVID universe, where it really is the survival of the most agile and adaptive rather than the fittest. So this idea of having a portfolio offer 
you know, in the world of being versatile, it's, it's obviously incredibly pertinent. Yeah. So the alchemy, Tom, I'm going to talk about gold now as another sort of storytelling uh, archetype. Um, when you're in the zone of, of being a, a you know, head of executive coaching at Working Voices, what is it you most like to bring? You know, what would you say your differentiating factor is? What do you most enjoy bringing into the training arena? Um, there's definitely energy. I love bringing a bit of, uh, you know, kind of pizzazz, if I, if I can call it that, of just just modeling kind of a bit more uh, permission for people to be themselves. I think there's a huge subliminal message that we give others in our energy. And by being highly energetic, we give other people their right to be their own energy, whether that's high or low or, you know, medium. I think just kind of giving that is a huge thing that I like to offer. Cause then what you start to see is people open up like flowers into these you know wonderful energetic people that they want to be um the other thing and it's on that permission thing which is i think yeah, people just want to be given permission to be themselves mm -hmm. they want to throw off the shackles of you know what expectations are either their, themselves or their boss or their organization or their history has given them and actually just go i'm just me and i'm enough and i'm all right being me and let's just be me more be me so I, think, I like that yeah those do be me up scotty which is a star trek thing <laughs> <laughs> and by the way the whole notion of alchemy i remember in the many many conversations that we've had over the years i remember you describing coaching as being alchemy so do you want to just mm. tell me i mean i'm just giving you you know the yeah, yeah. for giving me that idea about the notion of the archetype of, of alchemy what would you say alchemy is for you well, given that I've mentioned Andy's book about it, The New Alchemists, and also the Paolo Coelho um, book, The Alchemist, which is very, very, very famous. Um, alchemy is the old uh, kind of idea or, or almost mythical concept of being able to turn fairly common components like stone and lime into something precious and magical like gold and so alchemists in the past were the people who were able to turn these common things into something spectacular yes um, and the reason that, that coaching is all about that and for me is a good metaphor is um you know what i've just talked about like that that just by your presence just by your energy just by your uh being there and paying close attention to another gives them the opportunity to really open and bloom into what they, you know, find precious and find interesting and find engaging. Um, a lot of what we do, of course, is talk to and, and help people with their ability to communicate or make decisions or be resilient in, in times of uh, difficulty. And I think alchemy is huge in that time, you know, being able to take what you've got and it's like that, you know, if, if the world gives you lemons, make lemonade. <laughs> I love that. And the idea of just pulling people into a space where they can become much improved and, you know, find their own gold, if you like. Yeah. Well, also, Alchemy, if I may, just build on that. And it actually is quite a good uh, representation of how I relate to it, which is uh, that, that it's in there already. It's just a question of finding it and letting it out. Like a lot of people say, um, 
oh, I need to find confidence or I need to get confidence. But I say, whoa, 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 you don't need to find it. All we need to do is just excavate a little bit. Think for it. And there it is. It so doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, and Tom Cassidy there mining for gold beautifully, which brings us now tidily to the last component, which is I'm going to award you with a cake, Tom. Here's a cake. And then now it's your time to put the cherry on the cake. What is the top-tastic tip? What's the favourite thing that you always find yourself instructing people again and again, like an echolocating quality, if you like? What's the cherry on the cake that Tom Cassidy likes to offer when he's delivering his gold? Um, it's a really uh, difficult question, obviously, and, and all the best ones are, because it's it, one, it's hard to distill down into one single thing, but also... Uh, which one of the multiple things that I think are important is the most important. It's like being asked what your favorite song is. And then, you know, everyone always asks, well, it depends what mood I'm in. Uh, well, I would say this, the, the biggest thing is people, when they have their attention on something and pay it close attention and are conscious and deliberate about it, they naturally, not through any, you know, needing to do anything else, but just by paying close attention to a particular thing, will improve it. And improving it doesn't necessarily mean making it different or, or, or changing it. It just means um, being more deliberate and conscious about it. So, you know, if you, if you want to focus on, on voice or a message that you need to deliver or um, even a problem that you've got to solve, just by paying close attention to that problem and just giving yourself time to think it through and to really uh, roll around with it, often something magical will emerge without having to kind of force it or fix it. And, and that is quite a counterintuitive idea, especially in our age of you know self-help and be the best, and you know it's all about competing. I think that there's a there's a real sense of just giving attention to things, giving attention to you know what you need, and then boom, it, it turns up. With a lovely idea of just being truly present to those that you're helping and enabling to bring them into that place where they can feel a sense of improvement and a pride in what they've managed to achieve. Exactly. So you have been listening to what you need, Mr. Tom Cassidy. It's a damn good listening to. And uh, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to talk to us, Mr. Tom. All the best. Tatty bye. You've been listening to the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. If you've enjoyed listening and you'd like to hear more, then please do subscribe on all the usual channels. Plus, I'm hosted on Buzzsprout. And you can connect with me, Chris Grimes, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, at thatchrisgrimes. Plus, you can also visit my two websites, secondcurve.uk and instantwit.co.uk. So thanks for listening to a GLT with me, CG. Until next time, OWTD. On with the day and goodbye.